Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! This podcast proudly presents to you the zero-time tag team champions of the world, the Road Dog, J.J. Brownlee, the Badass, Jamie Faulkner, Total Spot Fest Live! With the ninth one of the world, Nick. And thank you for joining us. Welcome, everybody, or welcome back, everybody. Uh, I am JJ Brownlee. With me, as always, is my esteemed colleague, Jamie Faulkner. Hakuna Matata, bitches. And also, we are graced by the presence of what could be called a great man. I won't call him that. It is the ninth wonder of the world, Nick. That was one hell of an introduction. I am not worthy. You are definitely not worthy, but I gave it to you anyway. So. <laughs> big introduction for a very underwhelming man. <laughs> I talk a big game, uh, but we don't back it up. So this is Total Spy Fest Live. Thank you guys for joining us here. Uh, so as as we made mention last time, we are splitting these up so not as not to have uh, as a big of a marathon of a podcast. So we're going to do two smaller podcasts throughout the week. Uh, this is uh, our Friday podcast where we focus on the Wednesday Night Wars. So AEW, NXT, we're going to get after it. We had some really cool stuff that happened this past Wednesday. We're going to talk about it. Uh, how you guys doing? Everybody everybody doing good tonight? I'm feeling pretty damn excited after Wednesday night. I'm I'm looking forward to, to Sunday, and I'm looking forward to next Wednesday for sure. I'm feeling cantankerous, JJ. I've got axes to grind. You got axes to grind. Okay. That's better than X's to grind, I guess. <laughs> yes. That's a, that's a really bad uh, serial killer <laughs> joke. I'm going to stop now. Yeah. So... Yeah. Well, All right, I, uh, yeah, we got we got a lot of wrestling coming up here. Like I said, uh, Sunday night we got to take over. I'm still not excited about having to leave my house and go to one to Nick's place, but that's okay. I'm gonna get over it. Um, yeah, so let's just get into it then. We're gonna uh, we're gonna start. Jamie's gonna start us off tonight. We're gonna start with NXT because it is a take home show. So we have take home shows. We like to kind of get that first because they usually are the cream of the crop you know from your weekly fare yes you're absolutely right typically your go home show is like sets the stage for you know the 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 big pay-per-view and and this one for the most part i felt hit some high notes and you know we'll, we'll just dive right in um because there's a lot of big things that happen on on this show so the very first match it opens up with Arguably, my opinion, the might might be the best match of the night with MSK versus Logano Del Fantasma. It had tons of great spots. You know, it was this is for the finals of the Dusty Rhodes Cup. Uh, so you know, the winner of this match will go into the finals for Vengeance Day. Um, so it was uh, it was pretty damn good. It was a fun match. It was. I there's some good spots in it. My personal favorite spot was towards the end when Legato Del Fantasma. They had the they had I, I don't remember. I don't know their names right now. I think it was Joaquin Wild. Jo- Joaquin Wild and yeah, Raul Mendoza. Yeah, I think they had Ra- Joaquin Wild on on uh, their backs, and and um, one of the guys jumped from the corner and then like did a coup de gras. 
basically on on the back, you know, on the back of the guy uh-huh. who's on on somebody's shoulders, and then did a four fifty splash onto Wesley. Like from there, it's like bam, bam. That was one of the sickest, most athletic moves I think I have ever, ever, ever seen. It, it got me jazzed up, and and they freaking lost. You know, MSK, aka the the Rascals, Rascals, yeah, Rascals. They, I mean, they did good. I I don't I don't necessarily get them yet, but hey, whatever. You know, like well, like I said last time, their shtick is kind of weird by themselves. Right? They need they need a mouthpiece. Y- yes. Oh God, yes. Their mic skills are. Woo! <laughs> yeah, they're 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 Lance Storm. All work in the ring and 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 no no mic skills. But no, I mean overall, I think it was great. They did their little escal uh, like elevated blockbuster running blockbuster move thingy that they it, do. It looks good. It looks great. So they end up getting the win. Um, so they advanced to the finals of the Dusty Rhodes Classic, the Dusty Cup. Right after that, uh, Scarlett entered William Regal's office and made it clear that uh, they need to have a match between Karrion Cross and Santos Escobar next week. Not on not on uh, Vengeance Day, but next week. So they made that happen after that. I do like how you said she made it clear because as much as I love Scarlett, and I think she's fantastic. I still miss her wrestling. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really speak in sentences when she's in her Scarlet, you know, Angel of Doom, if you will, character. So I found it like it was a little bit awkward in a great way. It 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 was pleasantly uncomfortable. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. I mean, Nick, do you do you do you have a thought? Is this one of your axes to grind? It wasn't an axe. I was kind of... Eh. I wasn't uncomfortable. I wasn't impressed. Were you wanting to be uncomfortable? Because it feels like this has been a great moment for that. I, I've got some other... I've got some other... Uh, <laughs> I got some other axes to grind. This one was just kind of... Uh, it, it was just something that happened at the beginning of the show. He's going to leave little Scarlet where she is. Yeah. So. <laughs> that sounded bad. It's okay. just something that Moving happened on. at the beginning of the show. <laughs> okay. It, was, it definitely was a thing. Okay. So after that, come back from commercial. Now it's time for Zia Lee with Bo and Tian Shaw. I, I'm I'm probably murdering that, and I apologize. Um, and they're going against Cora Jade, aka Elena Black. You know, Zello Pro, Journey Pro KC mm-hmm. alum, and. <sighs> Complete squash, super squash. I mean, but but even at that, keep going. It's because it gets. I don't know. I have I have things to say about this. this yeah, whole... I think uh, yes, we need to talk about this because I love Zia Lee. I think I think I, I just I love her. Like she is built like a brick shit house. She looks like she can whoop anybody's ass. Like her quads are just a thing to be desired by anybody, you know. And. She looks like she should be able to kick her ass, and she did. And it looked, I mean, her her moves looks decent. And then freaking Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter come out and try to distract her. Then they're yelling at uh, Tyon Shaw, and then, like, Zaya's like, oh, they didn't mean it. No, no, this will never happen again, blah, blah, blah. And that bow guy comes over, and she starts strangling the bow guy. Like, I don't get it. And then the... <sighs> the whole thing was just weird because... Right? Casey Canzara and Kane and Carr come out because they're friends with her now. When did that happen? Because the only time I've ever seen you guys interact with Zia Lee 
before or after the whole you know Chinese triad debacle thing was when she was squashing you guys before. So, uh, but whatever they come out because they're concerned and they're sitting there by ringside, and then they end up pleading with this like Chinese ghost woman demon i don't know i i I am still so confused about what the hell that is that for like two weeks there was like an old cigarette smoking triad dude there and now there's this like chick with the paint and the the metal like mask and she yeah she i don't i don't i don't know it's the grudge Ooh, ooh, it kind of is yeah it's chinese grudge (laughs) chinese grudge I will say it's nice that Zia Lee, when she does her little like like embellishment before she comes in the ring, actually takes off her uh, her Street Fighter Two hat, mm. hands it to Bo dressed as Neo from the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. uh, it is it is nice that this week she had an actual sword and not a dagger because doing that dance with a dagger was really weird. <laughs> yeah. So so positive positive that came out of it. Lee continues to look incredibly strong and dominant. Like oh yeah, I like that. Negative. I have no clue what the hell is going on with it. Like, it's like, you know, the first time you hear, like, the first time you ever heard the Misfits. Like, I don't know if you guys are big Misfits fans, but the first time you ever heard it, like, you don't know, like, because you didn't, like, maybe you weren't into punk or whatever, but it's like, I don't know if I like this. This is just making me feel uncomfortable and weird. But then the more you watch, the more you listen to it, the more you fell in love with it. And like me, I'm a Misfits guy, but... You know, it's just one of those weird things that the very first time you hear something, you're like, I don't know if I like this. But the problem is, this is like the third time we see it, and I still have that feeling. So that's a very interesting take on that, Jamie, for a couple of reasons. Number one, whenever I've had that feeling that you're describing, specifically when we're talking wrestling, it has always turned out to where it was something that I absolutely loved. Uh, Thinking of like the Firefly Funhouse um, mm, right. I mean, there's a there's a whole bunch of things like that where you're like, this is really goofy and I don't understand it. And then next thing you know, you're like, this is the best thing ever. But to the latter part of your point, it is it should have developed by now. And so I think what's happening and this is just speculation. There's no proof behind it. I don't think they know what's going on. I think they came up with some creepy, cool looking imagery. And they're like, okay, now we need a story, and nobody has any ideas anymore. It's just, this is something we thought looked cool and creepy and dark, and now we don't know what to do with it. Well, I think you were right when you said last week that they abandoned the whole triad mafia angle because someone's like, hey, it's not a good idea. I get, cool, get it, you know? But I, I'm with you. They, I, I just want to know what the hell is going on. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. I just don't understand it at all. You know, is this person controlling them? Is she training them? Is she the spirit of them? Right. I, I just want to know what's going on. And and the whole like you know, Kanzaro and Carter thing. That's fine. You know, that's they're getting they're, they're getting a push finally, rather than just being the squashies. Uh, so put him in a feud or a thing with Zaya Lee for a few weeks. Great. That's fine. Whatever. But I just. Who is this? Who is this thing that's in the middle of? I, I just don't get it. I'm just gonna stop because I'm gonna keep spinning my wheels. Yeah, you, you, you know what though? You know who I think could really help this? 
none other than Bruce Pritchard. I think he can come up with a way to make this thing. This isn't even his amazing. goddamn show. You had to bring him in. He, he'll invade it because you know what? This is what we can do. We can make it where she actually becomes her tag partner. And but the thing is, like, she does like a finger poke of doom because that is such an amazing move, and they're unstoppable. And we'll call them the Chinese Mega Powers. <laughs> Uh, I like where your head's at, Jamie. I think they should do it. <laughs> that's not me. It's Bruce I don't Pritchard. like where your head's at. Stop. That's, that's not me. It's Bruce. It's Bruce. <laughs> Full stop. Next to <laughs> All right. Jesus so, Christ. okay. So, after we get past this train wreck, we get to probably my most favorite segment of the night. So, Johnny Gargano comes out. I love this In a so wheelchair. Much. And he can't walk because he has a broken left arm. Which I thought was hilarious. So, oh, so good. <laughs> so he starts just whining about how he can't do anything, and he's gonna need time to heal. Then here comes uh, Sir William Regal, comes right out and goes, you know, he just basically calls bullshit. And I love the fact that he just straight up just did because he's like, well, if you look at this, it says R R for right, and and he's like, and you broke your left arm. You said you broke your left arm, and then. Johnny Gargano with the quickness goes, R stands for real. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's absolutely hilarious. So he, he goes on and on about, you know, oh, I can't do anything. So then William Regal gives him two options. And I love this. One, he can, forf- uh, sorry, the first one was he can have Austin uh, Theory. I think that's his name. So he can um, have him fight Kushida. For the belt tonight, or he could forfeit his title. Well, he's like, "Oh, just give me a couple weeks, give me a couple weeks," and then Kushida just sneaks into the back, and he's hanging out with with the way. They're just hanging out, and then he goes, "You know, Kushida san, let me ask you." And they're like, "What?" And then Theory like hits him on the chest, like, "Oh yeah," you know, hits hits Kushida on the chest, and they see he looks at him with a slow like that slow turn, like, "Oh shit, that's Kushida," and then Kushida just just hits him, and then there's a a little bit of a skirmish between Gargano and him when he tries to grab the belt and Gargano totally grabs the belt with his left hand, uh, arm. So luckily everybody it is a, in fact, a work like we all hoped such a work. Yeah, it was, it was pretty solid. So, um, I love how they were doing at the beginning of it. First of all, Austin theory has to carry, like like a baby, uh, Johnny Gargano into the ring, lifts him up and sets him down on the top turnbuckle. Then they pass over the wheelchair. Then he picks him up off the turnbuckle and sets him down in the in the wheel. And every time he's talking, they want to go to like show the X ray or mystery. He's like, "Turn me, I can't see." Like he can't move his neck either. It just, <laughs> yeah, it was masterful. I I love the childlike qualities that theory and. Uh, uh, Indy Hartwell are doing as well. It was so good. It was, uh, Johnny is just Johnny is special. He's gotten so good on his his mic skills and his shtick. Like this whole like way thing, I I love it even more every week. If I may piggyback on that, JJ, one thing about Johnny Gargano that I love and uh, always have liked about him, but it's it just kind of gets better and better. Is can you guys remember when Johnny Gargano was a babyface and how good he was at that? Oh, yeah. I mean, technically, as a wrestler, he was amazing, still is, but he was great as a babyface. And then when it became the uh, Blackhearts, still nailed it. 
and he's still nailing it now. He is just all the way around as solid as it gets. Big fan. Yeah, some, of his er- some of his early criticisms were about his, uh, related to really his mic skills and the fact that he does, he's not very expressionate. You know, he just doesn't have a lot of depth to his, like, non-ring work and everything. And I thought some of that had some merit for a little bit, maybe. You know, everybody's got to go through, you know, he's still getting the hang of the big stage or whatever it was, but I thought it was a little unfair. I think he's definitely proving it now, so. Yeah. Right. I loved it. It was fan. Yeah, I'm with you. Best spa of the night by far, Jamie. Yeah, so Kushida versus Gargano is officially on for Thank God. It's Vengeance be a banger. Day. So, right after that, the, the women of the way had their Dusty Rhodes Cup uh, semifinal match against Shotzi Blackheart and ember moon and this was a pretty damn good match again like again we love nxt because they actually put on good matches and everything i think india hartwell looked pretty good um and of course laray is just she's solid as can be and then um yet another journey pro kc alum and shotzi blackheart um just did work she looked great and and of course ember moon's as solid as, as they get so quick let's just get to the end shotzi and ember moon get the win they are moving on to face uh dakota kai and uh raquel gonzalez for the dusty roads cup final championship or finals and whoever wins that will in fact get a shot at the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. So that's a pretty big piece there. Um, you know, I, I'm trying... It made me feel a way. I, uh, I'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I, you know, when I'm when I'm looking at everything, I think, you know, when you're looking for, like, the big spots of this match, you know, um, LeRae hit... Um, uh, Shotzi with that wicked stepsister into uh, set up a springboard elbow by Hartwell. I thought that was a great little one-two thing, and and then Ember Moon was able to break it up. Uh, then Larray took a, an eclipse to set up the diving senton. Um, but the great piece about that that I liked was Hartwell went over uh, to protect Larray. I thought that was a really cool little thing. Um, and then when Shotzi hit that. Uh, sent on like her whole body weight was on Hartwell. That looked like it hurt like a mother. It um, did. Oh, it just like I was like, ooh, she got all of that. They they went butt to butt. Like both are like it just. Mm. <laughs> um, and then you know that's what got the win because Hartwell was actually the legal the legal person. So, um, you know, I like the fact that they're going face versus heel here. Um, I I really thought when I saw this that there's no way. That Larray and Hart, uh, uh, Hartwell could could get the win because they're not going to put two heels going at, at each other for the championship on the inaugural. There always has to be a right. face and a heel. I, I I agree with you there. And as much as I as much as I love the NXT Women's Division, like you like like the rest of us here, this match just left me kind of you know somewhere in the middle. You know. On paper, it should have been a fantastic match, and it was a good match, I'll say. But there was just some rustiness that kept I, I could not get past. Not not Shotzi. Shotzi looked fire, um, and Indy Hartwell still, you know, greener than the other three, I'll say. But um, Candice, amazingly enough, had 
several botches in this match that were just weird. She tried to do a a a, a, a tope suicida that did not work, and they, thankfully they cut away fast because she basically stopped before she jumped, and then just jumped straight out. And feet got caught on the rope, and then she basically just face planted a foot in front of Shotzi, and Shotzi more or less just fell down to go with it. It was bla- and there's some other there's some other botches too, and you know, and Ember looked rusty in my opinion, which shouldn't be the case. She's been back for long enough now, but I don't know. It just it, it was kind of choppy, is what my take on it was. I, I agree with putting forward. Ember and Shotzi, I think that, you know, it's, it sets up for what should be a fantastic final on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, throwing out there the women's tag team championship just made me mad because the first thing I thought of is like, oh, this is how they're going to fuck over Ruby again. Okay. <laughs> hey, Ruby. Well, yeah, I get Bruce Pritchard in there and you have to get Ruby in there. It's fair. It's fair. Yeah, that's fine. That's my thought. I thought it was a good match, but I don't know. I just... It, I couldn't get past the choppiness of it and some of the botches. It just, eh. yeah, fair. Ninth, could have been better. Ninth wonder. Yeah, he's got nothing to say. Sorry, yeah. I was, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was, it was good. I, I agree with JJ. The, that was one of the things that I found disappointing this week, and it wasn't heartbreaking disappointing. It was just kind of like, eh, come on, uh, Ember Moon. She has been one of my favorites from the beginning. And she, she still is one of my favorites. Don't misunderstand me. But I think she should be further along in her performance currently than she is. That's just me. I'm not trying to be a stickler. I love her to death. But uh, she's better than what she's putting out there right now, in my opinion. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and uh, I don't want to full-on defend her, but... Um, but I do because I do love me some Ember Moon. But you know, coming back from a Achilles tear is incredibly difficult, and she had multiple setbacks with it. So she just might like it's it's one of those things like you you see it in in professional football too. Like some people when they come back, they come back scared a little bit, like they're not fully ready to let it go. I like um, to refer to Days of Thunder for that sort of thing. Oh, there you go. Like when Cole Trickle, he just can't go through that wreckage. He's terrified of it. That's the mm-hmm. better comparison. I appreciate that. Next year, you can have the Patrick Mahomes comparison when he comes back and just underperforms for you guys. Um, oh, was it too soon? I'm sorry. He's he's not Big Ben. Right. He only has one Super Bowl, not two. He's only been, yeah. Yeah, his defense didn't get him either one of those either. Yeah, yeah. Well, defense helps. Yeah. <laughs> So it's being a, so it's being a top ten all time passing, which he, he will be eventually. I know, but yes. still, <laughs> we, if if you don't know from the from the tweet Jimmy put out of Super Bowl, I of course am the Steeler fan, and the, these two Jagoffs are the uh, Chief fans. So you know, we're just we're just feeling good that you know we hey, it's we're, okay we're, we're, we're we, good, we don't hate each other. Neither, neither of us are Raiders or Browns fans, oh. so we don't really hate each other oh. that much. Jamie and I <laughs> have suffered through Elvis Gerbach and Brody Croyle. And Bono, and who else have we had? Jamie, whatever, bu- whatever other bums have we had? We've suffered through all of it, and this is our time, JJ. And I'll be damned if, I'll, if you're going to spoil you it that. for us. I will give you that. As as a, as a Mizzou fan, I understand that <laughs> more than others. So okay. So as we quickly pivot away from from Please, those we sports, digress. yeah. Um, here was a, I kind of felt like it was a little bit of a filler 
you know, because it felt like it had to be in here because it's a go-home show, uh, was Austin Theory versus Kushida. You know, they went after each other pretty much instantly. Is this back and forth, you know, but then Kushida just kind of really started taking over. Um, he was just, just beating the hell out of the left arm of Austin Theory pretty good. Um, and then uh, Kushida powered through a powerbomb um, on the apron. That's the hardest part of the ring, by the way. Really? We should we should talk about that more often. Uh, you put uh, Austin Theory in one of Chris Jericho's thousand and four holds, the arm bar. So that happened. Gargano kicked Kushida, causing a disqualification. Didn't see that coming. Um, and then the two viciously attacked Kushida. Then next thing you know, Dexter Loomis comes out, which. At first, I hated this guy, and now I kind of like him. I like this like quiet, crazy-looking, like psychotic guy who just does bad things. Um, he he saved um, Kushida uh, and and scared off Gargano. Gargano's face when he saw Loomis was absolutely priceless. And then Kushida locked Theory and Gargano, Gargano in hoverboard locks, which that is the greatest name for a move of all time. This Back to the Future stick is great. Like, yeah. I, I loved it, then I hated that he was still doing it after like two weeks, and now I love it again. Yeah. Um, and then Loomis put Theory to sleep. That was that match. I thought this this was a filler, but I loved this filler because Austin Theory, like I, I talked about last week, I think he's got a bright future because he just looks so – he's perfectly placed back in NXT with Gargano. He can do the comedy shtick as being like the Gargano's son, you know, the, the idiot, you know, son of whatever of their mm-hmm. family. Uh, the ending there where basically is like theory, theory falls down outside the ring and gets dragged under by Loomis and Johnny has no idea what happened. So he's like reaching under the ring reaching, and he grabs two arms and pulls out somebody and lo and behold, it's Loomis. And then that scares him off. And then Loomis, Loomis then, uh, Theory comes out from under the ring and he goes to grab onto Loomis, who he thinks is Gargano. And then Loomis turns around and he freaks out. And it ends with them both getting submitted Theory by Loomis and uh, Gargano by Kushida, with Gargano and Theory like reaching out and holding hands while they're getting submitted by the other people. It was, I thought this was fantastic. It just continued on with the Gargano angle. I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was more than filler. Personally, I loved it. I, that's why we have these these difference of opinions to each his own. Exactly. Yeah. Nick, I like the uh, the wrestling. Um, Kashida's good on a technical side, so I enjoy watching him. And I thought Theory did a great job uh, keeping up with him. The ending was okay. It was it was comical. I'm I'm good with it. I'll allow it. Right. <laughs> I'll allow. It. Yeah. Okay. So that was great. Now, now we get to something I thought was a complete, like, the hell is this. Um, and Cameron Grimes. Woo! Yeah, I never was a big fan of him, period. Really? No. I oh, just God. don't okay. like his shtick at all. And maybe it's because I don't pay enough attention to it because I think, honestly, like, I'm more AEW than NXT. I, I just self-admittedly. Um, I, I, I pay more attention to AEW and like, kind of like not necessarily, uh, follow NXT as hard, but you know, I, he just annoys me honestly. And 
And then this whole thing when he drives up in a Lamborghini giving away a whole bunch of money because he struck it big with uh, investing in GameStop and, and Dogecoin. And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> really? I loved this beyond belief. I thought it was fantastic. I'm, I'm in between. Like, it's one of those things where I see him and I'm like, I should like this guy. Like, he has all the makings of... Of He's someone got I would skills. like. He's got the mat skills but for sure. It, he doesn't. I'm with Jamie though. He doesn't deliver for me. Like he he, he on on paper it, it all adds up, but in reality, it just doesn't come through for me. I think that's why I like him because he's such a polarizing figure. Like like live shows hate him. He gets booed his ass off. And I think that's fantastic because. He's got math skills that make you stand up no matter what you think and be like, oh, damn, you know, he yeah. can go. Yeah. So I think it's great that there's this guy that's just hateable. He's just a terrible character, but he's so good at being terrible. And and he pulled up in his, this Lamborghini and it, showed, it proved it was him. I was like, oh, God, please tell me he did like the this is going to be a shtick on, on GameStop and and dot. Dog coin, as he re- referred it to, not Doge, but dog coin, and it was, and that was just ah, oh, I thought it was great and timely. I, I understand what you guys are saying he's very polarizing, but that I think is why I like him so much. I don't hate him. You're, you're not going to kiss his grits, in other words. No, That's his new. I, I do uh, like phrase, he. Way, he does have wrestling skills. I am all he. Oh, he yeah. he's so great, great like that. So I'm not. I haven't given up on him, but well, let's see what they do with this series. They took him off for a little bit, got a little bit of a break, and so how are they going to kind of you know position him? Because he positioned him well at first, and he wasn't getting the pop they wanted when there was live crowds. So he became more of a comedy act. So let's see how they kind of go with this now. Yeah, I, I think I think the big thing that really pissed me off about this is I bought AMC stock. You know, so I was a part of the whole stonk. Uh, you know, Wall Street bets thing, and you know I'm still holding, like everybody else should be doing, holding. If you're on Wall Street bets, you hold. And he sold. He sold out. He's not. He's not true. He's not with us. And that pisses me off. He's a sellout. Yeah, you're there. You're there to make money. That's what you do with stocks. Make money. Well, yeah, but you hold to screw the hedge funds, man. That's right. Don't don't, don't you read Reddit? <laughs> I'm sorry if I had if I had like that's a, remember like a couple years ago when Bitcoin mm. blew out out of nowhere to like just like stupid fucking levels and it was like oh you should keep holding I like bullshit if I had any Bitcoin I would have sell it sell 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 give me my six million dollars or whatever it was get the fuck out that that's me I'm not I'm also not, I'm also not a financial advisor so please don't listen to a damn thing I say <laughs> yeah yeah don't don't listen to me either but. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get to the the final match of of the night for NXT. It is the second semifinal match of the men's Dusty Classic of Thatcher and Tommaso, aka the NXT Mega Powers, God versus it, <laughs> versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. Um, so <laughs> the Grizzled Young Veterans, I <laughs> I like them. Because I hate him. Does that make you know what I'm saying? Everything you said about Cameron Grimes, I'm going to flip back and turn it around and point to the grizzled young veterans for me and say that. I just, I don't, I, nah, 
whatever. I could do without them. You know, I mean, they had their shtick on, on NXT UK, and then they came over here doing the same thing. And, you know, I mean, Zach Gibson, um, I like Gibson, other than the fact it looks like he's wearing a diaper. Um, like, <laughs> I don't get what's up with his shorts, but they're, like, super baggy. Like, it looks like he's he's got a, you know. He, Maybe it's an incontinence, man. You don't know this. Yeah, it looks like he made a boo-boo. Um, (laughs) did you make a nick in your pants did you make a nick in your pants (laughs) he did not he just has (laughs) diaper butt that's all (laughs) diaper butt (laughs) yeah zach diaper gibson there we go we got his name now um this was a really good technical match um it didn't go near as long as i was expecting mainly probably 10 minutes yeah but i felt like it was gonna be longer um, just because it seems like every single one of Tommaso Ciampa's matches are 15 minutes plus, it seems like. Like, he doesn't do short matches anymore. But it was really good. Um, let's just get to the result, and let me go through some of it. The result was, uh, in surprising fashion, the Grizzled Young Veterans actually did beat the NXT Mega Powers of Ciampa and Thatcher. So, um, totally... You know, I, I, I think Bruce Pritchard's crying himself to sleep since then because, you know, that was his his, his team that he created, um, actually. Um, so, yeah, looks like the Brits are going against um, MSK in the finals at Vengeance Day. Which is very in- interesting. I'm not... I'm not huge on the Grizzled Young Veterans, although I will give them their due as Matt performers. Yeah. Like they, it's much like Cameron Grimes. I just don't like their shtick. I don't like their whole like stutter. Their, I don't get the whole grizzled. Yeah, I don't get that. Maybe that's a British it's thing. Tony the I just don't understand. It's Frosted Flakes. I don't get <laughs> Sure, sure. I just, I don't know. I just. I, I it, every time he says it, it just it's like it's like nails on a chalkboard to me for whatever reason. I can't explain it. I like them in the ring though; they're good in the ring. So this will be very interesting. This is not what you would think of when you look at Undisputed Arrow, Tommaso Ciampa. Um, you know who who's going to be in the final? The, the people, the rascals from from Impact and these uh, these Brits from WWE uh, or NXT UK. Who does, who I don't like. Uh... I, that's cool. I don't like the grizzled young veterans, but I do like this scenario for the simple reason I was not expecting it. And yeah. I don't like uh, the uh, the redundance of uh, a lot of these matches. So as much right. as I love uh, Champa, um, and I as much as I dislike these guys, I welcome it for the simple sake of variety, and I want to see what they can do. Yeah, yeah. Because like, it, honestly, a year ago, you know, we already knew undisputed errors gave me in the finals. Like, we just yep. knew, you know. And then for them to lose, and honestly, a great freaking match against, you know, the angry faces as some people are calling them on internet, but I like to call them as the <laughs> NXT Mega Powers. You know, I thought that was great. I thought that was a swerve that no one saw coming. And you know, I really appreciate that they're going outside the box. Because if, if anything that we all know on Mondays 
and Fridays, they live inside this one-dimensional box. That box is, is getting smaller by every week. Oh too. Jesus! Like you we're know, not getting on it. No, this is good wrestling night. We're yeah, good wrestling. So, uh, but th- that's why I'm bringing it up because it's so different yeah. from the rest of the brand. Like. I'm looking forward to the finals. I'm just going to call it out. Um, I it's going to be interesting. It, you know, MSK. The few matches I have watched of them, you know, they're impressive. They do need a mic guy. They they do need a manager type person, um, or something like that. You know, leader. Um, these grizzled young veterans. I mean, they need better ring attire. I mean, or change Zach Gibson's diaper, whatever it may be. Um, but they're pretty cool. They did do a Doomsday device, which. You know, I'm a LOD guy from back in the day, so you're always going to get me to perk up when I see a Doomsday device. So the original 3D. Um, so yeah, that's that's my thoughts on, well, on that. Hit, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Who's going to win the men's day uh, Dusty Cup Classic? Is going to be hashtag diaper butt or hashtag no mic skills? What you got? <laughs> yes, and 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 if you don't know, which you should already, um, our Twitter handle is at. Total Spot Fest at Total Spot Fest is on Twitter. You can message us; we will respond. We have no problem in, in in getting back to you. We love hearing your thoughts, and you know what? We'll give you a shout out. I don't even care. Like you know, if you, somebody gives us a good thing, we'll talk about it. So, um, before I close on this, Nick, is there anything else? Because I wanted to go over the card for Vengeance Day. I'm ready to go. Let's keep rolling. All right. So here is the official card for Vengeance Day, and we'll be going over this on our Wednesday podcast. Uh, so be look be on the lookout for that. So um, the women's Dusty final of Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai versus Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. The men's, as we just talked about, will be MSK and the Grizzled Young Veterans. Um, then we have a triple threat for the NXT women's title and Tony Storm, Mercedes Martinez and Io Shirai. The North American title, which I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to change hands to Kush- uh, between Kushida and Johnny Gargano. And another one I feel like might have something happen to it as well between Pete Dunne and Finn Balor. Um, it's a solid ass card. So it's a pretty stat card, and there, there's some, there's some definite bangers, potential bangers out there. So, I would like to do this, guys. Um, what match do you think is going to steal the show? Oh, I'm all on board for Gargano Kushida. That's going to be just fire through the roof. I, I'm 100 percent convinced. There's some other ones I think are going to be fantastic too, and I might be surprised. But my money is on Kushida Gargano. I'm I'm with you there, JJ. I was trying to find something different to talk about, but the, it's it's just kind of a. <laughs> you, you can agree, it's fine. It's, well, no, 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 no. It's just it's it's a no-brainer. Those guys are those guys are oh, so good. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to the the women's matches because I love Tony Storm. I love Io Shirai. Um, but and Mercedes, uh, that match that yeah. match could be something special too. I have so, high expectations for that, but uh, I'm with you, JJ. So I agree. I think I think Kushida and Gargano has it, it. It just looks like it's going to steal the show. But my money is actually going to be on that triple threat of Tony Storm, Mercedes Martinez, and Io Shirai. Um, okay. 
I, I think it has got sleeper qualities all over it. Like, I know we're going to see some great spots from EO. Mercedes is going to probably put somebody through a table or something. Like, you, you, there's lots of good things that could easily happen. It's got thing. the makings. Remember a few takeovers ago when it, the, for the men's, for the North American title, it was uh, Damian Priest versus uh, Gar- Gargano versus, who was Thick Boy? Um, what's his face? Um, uh, Dream? Br- Bronson Reed. Yeah. Oh, Bronson Reed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if that. I, but that, that was uh, to me. It was like that match ended up being just like, oh my god, spot fest. So I think that this, <laughs> because of the difference in the the women, you know, Martinez Martinez, Martinez is bigger and kind of more of a striker, and mm-hmm. you know, Tony Storm definitely has that British strong style feel to her, and of course the high flying technical aspect of EO. I think the the congregation of styles lends itself to make it something special, but. I can't, I can't not, I mean, it's on paper, it probably it should be, and I agree. I think that Gargano Kushida should be something special. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and ladies and gentlemen, we will be live tweeting during this, so uh, we will be talking about each of the matches as they go on. Um, so if you have any input, you want to tell Nick he's a complete dumbass, which we do every day, but you can as well, uh, you can join. There's, there's nothing wrong with a little constructive criticism. so all right that is nxt now it is time to go over aew's dynamite um and jj would you please let me take that yeah so dynamite this past week now we we were talking earlier before we were on and dynamite has the 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 enviable problem of that every show can't be as ridiculous as the show before. You know, if you set the bar at a 10, you're not going to hit it every time. So, uh, while some out there might think that this wasn't the greatest dynamite, we thought, I thought it was fantastic. I know Jamie did as well. Nick did as also, but it was the show after their beach break, which is kind of like a, a TV pay-per-view, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, anyway, I don't want to call it a post-pay-per-view show, but it kind of had the feeling of that, you know? So, starts off right away. And this is something I do love about AEW. Is they, don't, they don't pussyfoot around, you know? Start off right away, Darby Allin, Joey Janela. And it was a surprise of a, of a match. I we, 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 we were talking trash on Joey last week, and we still will because he is a, a trash person. But... Showed a boy. The, <laughs> the match was... Good, and it's probably the best I say that Joey Janela has looked in the ring in AEW since that uh, uh, no disqualification match he had against uh, Moxley, where he got his feet driven into tacks. He it was it was technically it was mostly a technical match too, which surprised the crap out of me with these two. So pretty good match. Uh, Darby, of course, retained at the end of it. Uh, not a big surprise there. They're not going to give Joey Janela a belt. Let's be real. But it was a pretty good match overall, I thought. Um, after that, we got into promos. And the first hour of the show, actually throughout the whole show, there was a lot more. If there felt like there was a lot more promos than usual, mm-hmm. you'd be right. Uh, I know AW, when they first came on, they were so intent on being the wrestling fans show that they had no promos hardly at all. And they got some grief for that. That Yeah. 
it's good, but as a TV show, you got to have some back and forth. I felt like this might have been a little heavy on the promos, but they all served a good purpose, so I wasn't angry or mad about that. So the first one was Moxie doing a quick promo, uh, talking about Kenta and uh, their IWGP match they have on the 26th of this month for a New Japan show. Then next, Sammy Guevara is confronted by MJF. They're in the inner, inner circle locker room. And Sammy goes to confront MJF and tells everybody to leave except for the cameraman because he wants to tape this. And tells MJF that he knows what he's doing. He gets his shtick. He's trying to take over the inner circle, which, as we all know, is blatantly obvious to anybody who's not Chris Jericho. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, it's so blatantly obvious. But he calls him on it. And, of course, MJF being the great Mike'sman he is, he, he, he works it, tries to turn it into a shoot of some sort, and then he's trying to record Sammy on his phone. Sammy destroys his phone and punches him in the dick. And... That was fun because it was not meant to be, but he definitely punched him in the dick. Yeah, I I I loved this segment because um, it planted a lot of good seeds. Uh, you know, I, I think this has been coming to a head for a while, and you know, throwing the phone and then just straight punching him in the dick was a, just a beautiful move. Just because, like, we're we're big MJF fans in our house, and. Like he was in full MJF mode, super asshole, um, you know, and just he he might be the best manipulator talker like I've heard since young Jericho. Like no no bullshit. Like the way he can spin things and and say things and it's so arrogant and it's it's believable, which is the best part about him. Like yeah, I enjoyed this little segment a ton. Mm-hmm. The one thing I'll say is though, it does kind of pigeonhole him a little bit. He's the slimy heel. He really can't go anywhere else. He, he's, I mean, it's going to take major change for him to be a, believable as anything other than just like the worst person in the room. I'm glad you said that, JJ, because they are definitely at a crossroads. And by they, I mean MJF and Chris Jericho. Um, they are both fantastic heels. But there's going, they're they're already at that point, and I predict that within the next month or two, I bet sooner rather than later, one of them's going to do a face turn. Well, it's going it, to it'll be Jericho, of course. It will be Jericho. I honestly think the only way, I think the only way that MJF would ever turn if they found some way to get his mother to show up on the show and tell him he's being a complete dick and he's changed his ways. That would be awesome, but even at that, I still wouldn't believe it. I just—he's got—he's done. It's not a bad thing, but he's dug such a hole as being the heel. I don't think he can. It's gonna take, like I said, monumental. Stay with me. To get him Stay out with of me, that, JJ. So. Stay with me. All right. All right. Let's say that MJF does a face turn because he comes to the uh, sees the error of his ways. And he overcompensates by being super sweet to everybody, but everybody tells him to go fuck himself. Okay. And so he, so like. he has to like. suffer through it. Let's just call it for four or five weeks. And then he just says to hell with it. And then we get the old MJF back and we're, we're just excited for it. And he's worse than ever. Like, like, like a guy that gets hit on the head, get kicked in the head by a mule and doesn't know where he's yeah. at yes. and goes in complete 180. Yes. And then comes to his senses and says, Yeah, you guys back to absolutely i'll take that but this this is actually setting up for something later on the night 
So right after that, we get another match. We get Cesar Bononi, who I can't remember. I, I didn't bother looking this up, but I can't remember what his name was. He was recently let go as part of WWE's uh, cuts. from. He was in NXT. He was teamed with uh, Pretty Peter Avalon, who I'm going to talk about in a second here because, yes, uh, versus Cody Rhodes with... Uh, Lee Johnson, who is part of the Nightmare Family. Nightmare Family is like 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 a like a pack of bunnies in the woods. They are just multiplying exponentially. If you follow any of them on Twitter, you would seen this week there was like six people who are now are now part of the Nightmare Family. It's like Jesus Christ, who's not in the Nightmare Family? But I digress. The match itself. Real short, sweet to the point. There was a little nod at the very beginning. Arn Anderson's son was in the, the, the front row. Looks like a young Ole Anderson. It's crazy weird. It looks like a weird hybrid of Ole and Arn together. So definitely not Milkman's son. You can't claim that. And they made note that he's kind of, you know just graduated college and he's training to be a wrestler. So probably in a year or so we'll see him on Dark be honest yeah uh, which is f- i'm fine with i'm cool he looked good um the match itself was short to the point um very much a squash match but at the end of it you know lee johnson ended up getting the actual pinfall on this it was lee johnson's first victory in AEW. he was brought in he was in the middle of training he just started his training and then COVID happened he was one of the guys who was close back when they had the warehouse so it's like hey kid you get to wrestle on TV now. And he was just a, he was a guy that just got the crap beat out of him for weeks upon weeks upon weeks upon weeks. So it was nice to see him actually kind of pay off. He looked he looked pretty good. He's still getting there, but he looked all right. Yeah. Peter Avalon. Uh, oh, go ahead. Well, hold on. Before you go, I do want to give everybody an update on this because uh, the dirt sheets and even AEW is reporting that Cody Rhodes has a shoulder injury. A legit shoulder shoulder injury. Um, ah. There's one saying that he has a torn rotator cuff, and it was from when he he did that fallaway slam. He got he was in the fallaway slam, and he landed really hard on his shoulder, and everybody said, "Oh, he landed hard on his shoulder." Yeah, he got legit hurt from what I understand. So, oh, okay, that makes that sense because this was one of the things that I found irritating. He has been boring the shit out of me lately. Like when I see him come up, I'm like, ugh. So if he's hurt, that makes sense. Well, he, he needs a refresh. I mean, he really does. He he's he's not, he, I mean, he's wrestling 80 style wrestling. Like that's what he's doing. And he did he's doing it on purpose and he said that. Like right now he's studying an old feud between Larry Zabisco and Bruno San Martino. And like that might be becoming a thing nowadays. It's like that style of thing. So he is a student of the old school, and he loves old school wrestling, as we all know, and that's his style now. Like, he is completely... I don't have any complaints about his style, though. Like, I agree with Nick, though, because he... It's not his style it's that's right. just not that, entertaining. He's just not... Because who, who's he feuding with? Every week, it's somebody completely different and off the wall. His, his, his direction is just... Uh, I'm here to wrestle every single week. Uninteresting. I'm in no storyline, no arc. There's the Shaq thing, which now sounds like it might not happen because of his shoulder. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the Shaq thing, I'm like, really? Do I really want to see Shaq out there? Jade Cargill. Was, I mean, Brandy's pregnant, so she got bumped out of it. Now, Cody's going to get bumped out of it. It's like, well, who cares at this point? 
you know? Fair. Get an actual feud. His feud with Jericho was great. His feud with MJF was fan-fucking-tastic. His, his feud with, you know, Brody Lee in the Dark Order was, was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of like, I'm just going to fight whoever every week and do this. And I get that he's l- trying to be 80 style. That's cool. I, I do it. But do it in like an actual like story arc of some of some sort. Yeah, get a real feud. I, I agree. I, I, I apologize. I went on a different tangent. But yeah, you no, guys are absolutely you- correct. Or just, or just do it on dark every week, Cody. I know you. I know you're not not too big to to be that guy on dark. Just, just do it. Yeah. So, eh, pretty Peter Avalon, though. To me, he's he is the perfect wimp heel. Everybody knows that. I love him. His shtick is he's so bad in the ring as part of his shtick, and he's probably he's decent. I mean, I've seen him wrestle some matches where he looks. If he's paired up with the right guy, he looks good. He can, he can be good. He's got decent skill, but his stick is just so awkward. And I think that, you know, kind of like him with Cesar Bononi goes go well. That's a nice little angle they can play off of because Cesar Bononi looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what he – what was his name in NXT? Do you remember, Jamie? Not at all. He was barely used, so that's not surprising. But anyway, <laughs> so that was that. After that, we had a Young Bucks promo. Back to promo world. Uh Young Bucks promo where the Good Brothers came out. It was the exact same promo they did in a different variation that opened uh, be, be, being the elite this past week. So ah. that was a thing. But it was them doing the, hey, you guys screwed us. You know, we were going to do this and we won. We do against you guys at Revolution, title versus title. And the Bucks and the Good Brothers were like, well, we were just trying to mess with Private Party and we're sorry and Smith some whiz and Too Sweet and whatever. Um, it was the exact same thing that they did on being the elite. So I was like, okay, whatever, guys. Um, I feel like they need to shit get off the pot with this whole young bucks turning on the rest of the Bullet Club. Yeah, it it it's getting annoying. Yeah, it's like everybody else is on a on a direct path. Kenny Omega, the Good Brothers, you, young bucks. Either you're with them or you're not. Don't do just stop playing this toe the line crap. They don't, you know? they don't know what to do. They're lost. They started. What they they like. started something, and they don't know how to finish it. Right. Or they're waiting to get more 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 uh, eggs to drop on that. They're waiting to find out if you know Tamatanga and the, you know the Grills of Destiny and Jay White are going to actually do some crossover. They're, I think they're wait, maybe they're waiting to see what happens with that before they make a decision. I don't know, but it just feels like they need to make a decision. They're buying time for sure. Yeah, that that makes a lot more sense. I feel like we uh, at Revolution. I feel like it's gonna come to a head. I think it will because I mean you got to figure that they have their New Japan their New Japan big events on the twenty sixth. So you have that. You have Revolutions on what the tenth, I believe, of seventh. March seventh. Seventh. Okay. It's after it's after New Japan, so New Japan can they can they can wrap up that kind of deal and worry about those storylines, and then they got a chance to do the whole thing with Revolution. I would not be surprised if now that the Forbidden Door is open, and that just sounds so dirty. I love it. Uh, Did your phone ring? Sorry about that. It won't. Ha- Damn it, Nick! It won't happen again. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Nick! This this fucking guy. <laughs> Can't take him anywhere. No, 
No, we can't. Anywho, all right. So we'll see what happens with that revolution. After the Young Bucks promo was another one of my favorite moments of the night here. So Adam Page uh, is being interviewed and is interrupted by Money Matt Hardy. Big Money Matt Hardy. Whatever fucking rare the Hardy this is. And... Of course, Hardy's like trying to like talk sweet to him, and then he tells him that he rented out an entire bar for them to to hang out. He just wanted to kind of, and because he has an entire bar, it's open bar time. At Paige is like, "Well, shit, give me six schlitz, let's go." Yeah, so, open bar, dude. Open bar, dude. <laughs> so, yes, they go to the bar and chat, and as he's leaving, he awkwardly runs into the entire Dark Order. Now, this is Dark Order's only pop of the entire night on Dynamite, but I'm fine with it. It's okay. Slow play it. They get a lot of attention on Dark and being the elite. And, you know, I think that it's better to set up a story than just to throw them out there willy-nilly. So, they awkwardly run into, into them, and he has got to kind of go through the Dark Order very apologetically. So, they're keeping this in play. I think it's great. We're going to come back to Adam Page in a second, because next match was the definition of a squash match. It was Pac versus Ryan Nemeth, who, if you looked familiar, and you're not sure why, he is absolutely Dolph Ziggler's little brother. Mm-hmm. And no hiding it. So, complete Pac. Oh, I found out why Penta's not there, too. Did you did you look this up? No. So, I said last week when you were asking... I don't know if we, said, if we talked about it on the air or if we were talking about it uh, outside of the the, uh, the podcast, but you were, we were talking about why Penta's not there. And I thought it was because of an injury, because he was injured late last year, but he, actually I found out that he actually got cl- medically cleared sometime in like November, December, early December, something like that, okay. you know? That he has a he has a visa issue. It's it's almost worked out, but that's why he was kayfabe injured with the boot of Kenny Omega. He had to go to Mexico and sort out a visa issue. Ah, uh, that makes so much sense now. Yes, this. So that's why he hasn't been there. That's why it was Moxley with the rest of the Death Triangle in that th- in that uh, six man tag last week. That's what's going on. So as soon as he gets the the visa issue ironed out, comes back does you know whatever he'll be back on so that's good i love me some penta yep yep missed me some penta too so the bachelor's a total squash but whatever it gave us a great ryan nemeth meme uh if you're not familiar with it just just go to twitter you will find it it's, yes it's great uh, it's not as good as my hole but it comes in close it is definitely not my hole, but his face was completely unintentional. His, his reactions to it are great. He is he is doing a good job playing it off. He had mm-hmm. a win against Marco Stunt on AW Dark this week. He looks good. Yeah. He looks like the younger brother of Dolph Ziggler. I mean, he's got, you know. He spent time at NXT before he got fired because uh, somebody didn't like him. Um, he, he did an interview not that long ago, and like he was doing great, and then one of the trainers just didn't like him. Because the, they changed trainers, and next thing you know, he's out. Yep, yep. I mean, that's that's Crazy. the weird thing about being that when you when you're that low on the totem bowl in NXT, that's some, that's that's kind of unfortunate, but that's how it goes, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, followed that up with a Reading recap, uh, which is nice to have, I guess, you know. But they filled that up, and then we go backstage. Uh, getting ready for the uh, uh, inner circle versus the acclaim match, and Jericho's sitting there outside of the the ramp entrance with the rest of the inner circle, Sans, MJF, and Sammy Guevara, and they're all, "Where the hell is MJF? We have it's like we're getting ready to go out like in seconds. Where is MJF? Well, here comes MJF walking up from stage left with his 
whole midsection taped. Because remember back a little bit ago where Sammy punched him in the dick. Well, he's claiming that Sammy broke his ribs now uh, from uh, whatever. And, you know, he's throwing Sammy under the bus and all this thing. Their music starts playing, and Jericho looks confused as shit. He's playing it fantastic. Looks confused as hell. He's like, we'll figure this out later. We have to go. We have to go. We're going. So they walk out begrudgingly for MJF, who's... You know, he comes out. He's and he's he's selling it the whole time. He's trying oh, yeah. to make every everybody in the stadium knows that there's not a chance in hell he's hurt. It's very much like Gargano, you know. It was so great. he's. It was very good. Uh, Acclaim then comes out, doesn't interrupt the the Judas, which I don't like the MJF Judas hybrid. It's like, I hate keep it. Judas. Yeah, yeah. Nick, Nick, what do you uh, do? You do you hate it too, or is it? I. Uh... I'm going to be honest with you. I love MJF and I love Jericho individually. I'm not against what they've done, but I don't need them together. I like them separated. Well, I like them in different I, places. I agree there. But we're talking about the song <laughs> I specifically. I spit on you. They're, the, they're, the song, they should be together the, forever. The song, the song is hot garbage. Okay. Yeah, we're all in agreement that it needs to be just Judas by itself, okay? Yes. But I agree with you, Nick. I know Jamie's big on MJF, I know, and he loves he he likes this parry because he's, you know, huge. I I'm the same way as you. I like them separate, not uh, together. But that he neither here nor there. The acclaim then follows up comes out and I be, I talked a little bit about them previously when we were talking about the Battle Royal last time. And I truly believe the acclaim is one of those future great tag teams. When I look at like the young tag teams that they have there, and I made the bold claim last week. If you haven't heard it, go check out some of our, our other podcasts. You can skip ahead to those sections. You can listen to me rave on about these guys because I think that there's about three. There's actually more, but there's three specific tag teams that I think can be the cornerstone of the next 20 years of tag team wrestling if they all stay together in the same promotion. Mm-hmm. Very much similar to the Hardy Boys, Christian and Edge, and the Dudleys. And when I think about that, I see these guys, and they just scream new age Dudley Boys to me. Mm-hmm. You've, got the, you've, you've got the quiet bruiser guy in mm-hmm. uh, Bo- Bowens, and then you got the guy who's got very good skill but is a wizard on the mic in Max Caster. Dude, I I am very impressed with these guys. Their entering work is, I mean, they're still con- considerably green, but it is good. Like it is very just good. Damn! And this match, I enjoyed the shit out of them in this match. I mean, to your guys's point that the 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 Jericho Holics is what I'm calling them. Um, you know, separate is better, but you know what? No, no, I think they did fine because of MJF selling. But no, I really like this acclaimed team, and I'm right there with you. I think ten years from now they are going to be the young, the young bucks in ten years, right? But they, I mean, I think, and my opinion, they don't need to change their shtick at all. They have Mm-mm. it perfect right now. Just work on keep getting better, keep getting better, keep getting you know. So for, for for balance a little bit too. He needs a little more definition, I think. You know, mm-hmm. so keep hitting the gym, keep hitting the the ropes. You know, keep just keep keep getting better, adding some stuff to your skill set. I see these guys as being they could be it, and I I truly believe. Like I said, every time they come out, they just scream to me, "New Age Dudley Boys," and that's a compliment beyond compliment for those of you who are not familiar with them. Um, Hi, welcome to wrestling, because you definitely 
need to be. It was it was a good match. It was very well done back and forth. MJF kept selling the the hell out of the whole uh, hurt angle. Aubrey Aubrey Edwards was the, was the referee, uh, who by far favorite referee in the game, and mm-hmm. she because she could sell. She does a great job selling. And there's a moment where MJF was in an abdominal stretch with Max Caster, uh, even though he had broken ribs apparently, and he kept reaching back whenever she wasn't looking and grabbing Jericho's arm, and then they'd. Tuck it away as soon as she turned to like look at it. And do it like three or four times. And then they do it again and she goes to the other side. And they just keep going and holding on to it. So she high kicks their legs out of the way. And so love Audrey Edwards. She, she's good at these types of matches too. With the, the big personalities, she fits really well with them. Yeah. Um, Shivani's heat towards MJF was fantastic too. Yeah, he just, I love it. He loathes him. Or at least kayfabe loathes him. It's, yeah. Either way, it's great. It's great. Uh, Air Circle gets the win, of course. And then after the win's over, here's where we circle back because here comes Sammy Guevara. So Sammy Guevara comes out, and real quickly, I appreciate this, real quick, to the point, tells Jericho, I told you, if you ever did one more thing, I'm out. Well, I'm out. Oh, don't get it, Sammy. What are you saying? He's I quit the Air Circle. He just storms off. Like, oh, that was just a mic drop and run. That was... Ooh, that was surprisingly yeah. yeah. Wow. So two things, two things for this that got me. One, Sammy came out to his old music. Came out to his right, music, right? And then two, fucking MJF's face when he said he quit was the highlight for me because he just looked right at the camera, had the shitty grin on his face, like, "Yep, I got what I wanted." It was like, got "Oh my god!" Like this is the best thing ever because those two are gonna feud. And that feud is going to be a future feud too. Like that's the way I feel about. It. Like this. We've is just... talked about that uh, before we started doing this podcast. Yeah. That you know, MJF, Sammy Guevara, and, and Jungle Boy are going to be like the next fifteen years, twenty years, you know, of AEW. Mm-hmm. If they and they're always going to have heat together. towards each other. Like those three going to be great. Those three are going to be the new age, Rock, Stone Cold, Triple uh, H esque. Obviously not to that level i don't think i don't think anybody can ever get that lightning in the bottle ever again but you know those are gonna be the guys who they have the it. potential especially yeah. you know i mean because you remember like like one of his first real big singles matches jungle boy was against mjf and it was stellar it was and, a banger and we know that jungle you know that john Jurassic express is not the end-all be-all for him he's still he's he's got he's a little bit further behind developmentally than guevara and mjf are so mm-hmm. it's gonna be fantastic for the next several years so after that's all said and done we cut to hangman uh, page and hardy in the bar uh, this is great this is by far. Oh, Nick's already <laughs> shaking his head at me. Okay. I love this, and I'll tell you why. Then Nick can bitch and whine all he wants. So they're in the bar, and they're just doing shot after shot. And, you know, Hardy keeps, like, doing the whole, like, I'm taking a shot, but he turns and, like, dumps it over the side of the bar. So he's not actually drinking it. And Hang was just getting just shit faced, right? And Hardy's like, okay, I understand. You don't want to be a tag, but singles, you should be a world champion. So he gives him the whole, the same old, same. Sh- 
stick pitch he gave like private party basically and says that he can just, just for a, a minute 30 percent he can be the, the manager and get him all that he wants and make him a billionaire and bullshit bullshit all this stuff so hang on that sounds great well does it great i have a contract here so he pulls out the contract puts it down hang was like gives the hangman a pen and then Hardy turns and says, see, Mr. Cameraman, this is why I wanted to have you here to document this. Because when he gets sobers up, he's not going to remember all this. And while he's telling this to the cameraman, here's Hangman taking that contract, throwing it off to his left and pulling out a different contract out of his coat pocket and signing that, handing that over to Hardy. And then just smiling with a shitty grin after Hardy leaves. I thought it was great. I really want to see where this goes. So what did you hate so much about this, Nick? You just kept shaking your head at me. What didn't I hate about this, JJ? <laughs> I hate big money Matt Hardy. I can't stand it. Now, what I said earlier about variety, that is typically good by me. This is one of those exceptions where I'm just like, no, you should have just continued to do what you were doing before. This is awful. This is just <laughs> trash. Ugh. And it's not going anywhere. It's going to be like this for a while. I don't like it. Adam Page, he's boring to me. I don't know. There's nothing really to add to that. He bores me. Okay. Uh, so there's nothing for me in this. That's fine. If it works for other people, I'm not, I don't begrudge him it, and I'll try not to ruin it for him. But it, it has nothing for me. I, I'm of the camp that Adam... page is going to be a part of the Dark Order at some point. I think this is the slow burn in order to get it there. The drunken one. Yes, the drunken one, .08, will be his his name for sure, uh, or his number. Um, But I think... The, I think the redeeming thing about this whole thing, if you guys are not watching Being the Elite, you need to do your favor, do yourself a favor, catch up, watch Being the Elite, because they all shit on Five, and Five is the one who's actually the one who cares, and I think Five's going to be the one who gets Adam Page, and I think this was a stepping stone, because I think Adam's going to shit on Hardy, they're going to do a little squabble thing, and then... Um, you know, the private party's going to turn on, on, on Hardy too. Cause you know, whatever. But I feel like this is going to be the time for the dark order to come in there and, and make the save. That's, that's my, my guess about this whole thing. I really wonder, want to know what that contract said, just because I think it's slapstick fun. And that's the way I'm looking at it. I'm not looking at right. it for anything else. And all this, in my, this whole thing is about page. It's not about Hardy at all. Hardy is a, is a, tool in the execution of this story arc i agree with jamie almost 100 percent on this i think that this is all about that slow burn back into the dark order i think they're going to accelerate it i think that maybe as early as revolution probably not probably next double or nothing because you know maybe hopefully before then but you know they will they'll get to the point where he'll actually join the dark order and lead the dark order we said this after uh hubert um uh, brody lee john huber god rest his soul uh passed away it's like what is what, what are they going to do for direction wise because they've and if you notice they become face out of uh, all of a sudden the dark order is now a face organization instead of being a heel organization so 
but they still don't really have a leader. Johnny Johnny Hungy is not the leader for me. Uh, they've they pegged Uno up as the leader originally, and then they brought him back down so far. I don't think he can be the leader of them again. Mm-hmm. And him and Sue Grayson serve well as like first, you know, lieutenants anyway. So there's that. Cole Cabana is, is more slapstick than anything else anymore. Um, Ten is definitely a uh, uh, Preston Vance. Ten, he's definitely an enforcer, and you know, five is the butt of their jokes. Who's their leader? Don't tell me it's negative one. As much as I love the kid, he's ten years old. Yeah, he's get he's got school to do, so he can't be the leader of a professional wrestling organization on the reg. So they got to have somebody else. They got to bring somebody in to have to be the leader, or they keep them at this constant state of just whateverness. I think Paige is that guy. And I think he's gonna. Uh, there's gonna be a, a moment where the, the the switch will get flipped. And he'll go into full leadership mode. I can't wait for that. So, so I, there's a name out there that is not signed with anybody that might be an interesting subject for this. And this is just 100% suspect. Because her 90-day no-compete clause expired this week. Are you talking about Thea Trinidad? Thea Trinidad. She's good on the mic. She would be a very interesting... I would I would like that I would like that. Well, we'll let's 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 put a let's put a a, a rabbit ear in that and come back to that because that mm. might be something. Thank you for bringing that up. Her actually expired. Uh, we recorded this on the, the night before, so it's Thursday right now. Mm-hmm. So her contract actually expired today. Yep, she's officially a free agent. And the and like most free agents, there's not there's not any like rumors or anything going on because nobody wants to tip their hand. Until the WWE ninety com- no, uh, no competes out of the way, so there's no like she absolutely fits. Like I could absolutely would without question. I don't even need to consider it. She would be perfect there. I mean, she. I'm I'm kind of upset now because my hopes are up, and I just know I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> Sorry. Well, yeah, Sorry. yeah. I, I'm kind of mad. Didn't think about it, Jamie. Kudos to you. That's an astounding observation there, because. Let's see what happens, okay? So let's get let's keep moving here. I don't want to drag this on too long, but let's see what happens. So um, after that, we go to uh, Tommy Schiavone interviews Sting again. Sting yeah. says a word and gets interrupted by Taz again. Uh. I'll be so glad this is over. I I don't give a shit. Either have Sting do do absolutely nothing and be that figure in the rafters, or have him do something. Don't 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 sit here and play with my balls if you're not going to go all the way. That was too far. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but was but it though? You know what I mean. I feel. I feel it's like just, it was right. Like it, you got cut the balls. It's the correct analogy because what is this? You know, what is love? It, it, don't hurt me, and they're hurting me <laughs> some more. Yeah. Okay. okay. So it did end with a good spot. Uh, so Taz is out there. They're, they're in an SUV, and him and, and it shows his son Hook, which. Um, I don't know if he's ready to wrestle or not. He just whatever. He looks. He looks like he's like sixteen. I don't get. Yeah, that he's either. training in the nightmare uh, factory. I, I know that, but he just. I don't know. So it's like I. I would like to see him actually do be in a match. Maybe just like a, like a, like a, like a six man tag or something where you just see him a little bit. Just get an idea because Taz's son. I'm excited to see what he can do. Mm-hmm. If you got that DNA. You better be suplexing some motherfuckers. So, if you don't, 
Just get on out. Don't ever show your face. <laughs> Here's the door. Uh, it didn't. It didn't with a good spot. So they they showed and they, you know they go back from the SUV a little bit. And there's Ricky Starks and and uh, Brian Pay Cage, and they have a body bag with Darby in. It. And they finish zipping it up with Darby inside, and then they drive the. They go up and hop in the back of the truck, and then they drive the truck away with Darby still attached, dragging him along, making it officially the second worst thing that Brian Cage and Ricky Starks did to Darby Allen and a body bag. The first being, if you don't remember, they had a battle royal a while back when uh, Brian made his announcement or whatever. They filled a filled a, a body bag full of tacks, put him in there, and then threw him head first onto the entrance ramp. So yeah, I remember that. That was <laughs> it was glorious. it was it was glorious. It was almost criminal. But so anyway, so it yeah. was it, it was entertaining the spot at the end. But once again, Sting should have got off the pot. What are we doing here? So ah. Uh, Marvez uh, cuts to interviewing Kenny Omega at the golf course. Just furthering it along. It was good. It was cool. I'm not going to dwell on it because yeah. we, it end the night with, uh, we end the night with uh, – we followed up with the, the two best matches of the night. So the first one is the Layla Hirsch Thunder Rosa. So this is the first round – first match of the first round of the U.S. side of the AEW Women's Number 1 Contender Tournament. I think I got all those words right. It's, yeah, it's, it's something it's like that. Eliminator tournament, maybe? Maybe eliminator. <laughs> it's a lot. Yep. Now, Jamie was looking forward to this match for a while. Like he said, he believed that this could definitely be the sleeper of it all. Layla Hirsch is underrated. She always will be, too, because of her size. Yeah, she's she's 4'10". She's tiny height-wise. She's got legs like a freaking linebacker. Uh, she's got wrestling, like amateur wrestling skills more than probably anybody else behind that curtain. Mm-hmm. It was a great match. It was a very good match. The two of them worked well. Thunder Rosa, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement now that Thunder Rosa definitely can work with everybody. I know, Nick, you said that before. You think that she can work a match with anybody on the planet, and you're absolutely right. Love Thunder Rosa. So, it, was a, it was a good match, good back and forth. Thunder Rosa ended up advancing. Uh, there was a Thunderstruck chant at the beginning, which I'm glad that's sticking around. Mm-hmm. That makes me so happy. That makes me so happy. I can't wait once again until we get a full arena and we're just thunder. Da, 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 yeah. da, da. Th- thunder yeah. Rosa is my pick to make it to the finals on the Amer- on the American side. I almost went for her. I think they're going to make it to the semifinals or the f- American finals, but I actually picked Tay Conti and we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about the, the women's tournament specifically in just a few minutes here. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about our picks in a little bit more in depth then as well as do a quick little preview of everything. So after the women's match, um, they talked about the AEW women's eliminator world cup, number one contender women's championship tournament. Number one, Elimination yeah. turn. It's it's yeah. too long of a, it's too long of a name. But they the talked tournament. about it. They talked about it more. They showed the whole bracket, which they revealed earlier in the day, actually, on their YouTube channel. But they showed off the whole bracket, uh, and then they also said that this coming Monday on AEW's YouTube channel, they're showing all the first round Japanese matches. Four matches, seven Eastern, six Central. Uh, on AW's YouTube channel, which was a welcome surprise. Uh, so we'll talk about those when we get. Like I said, we're going to talk about the the the, uh, the tournament here in just a few moments separately. But they went through that whole shtick. They had a Jungle Boy promo where he uh, uh, addressed FTR. We. We, we talked about this when we were talking about uh, MJF and Sammy. And like I said, Thunderbo- Jungle Boy 
he's got he's got the he's got the talent he's got the skills he is going to be one of those big stars it was a good promo uh he's calling them out and i did write down a quote that he had here because of the promo it's pretty standard you know fu promo that you give to the other guy right but it did have a good line because you don't you don't expect this but jungle boy says dax i'm gonna make you my bitch (laughs) coming from jungle boy's mouth i was just like wow Nice. I like that. I like that Jungle Boy because he's yeah. he rarely says anything, even yeah, when he, they're together in Jurassic Express. He, he needs he needs a little bit more Dylan in him, you know, like his dad, Dylan. Absolutely, yes, absolutely does. So then they also announced next week's card. Uh, next week's card is uh, FTR versus the Seidel brothers, Matt and Mike Seidel. We are expressing it as such because Mike Seidel is another. Journey Pro alum. Uh, mm-hmm. He was the uh, I don't remember what he was. He, some sort of he was a part of the Enlightenment, Enlightenment. which was a, a, a yoga based uh, tag team, which worked a lot better than it might sound. <laughs> it was actually pretty cool. He yeah. has got what can best be described as not a six pack, not an eight pack. He's got like eighty five abs. The man is is ripped. I didn't know. Is he actually the brother of Matt Seidel? Uh, I think so. I mean they look similar. Oh, I mean I don't know if it, I don't know if this is a work or what, but you know it. it he he's he's Mike Seidel, so that's what they're going by. Uh, he's a he's a great talent. He always had good skill. We thought that for a while. He was mm-hmm. one of the ones we saw at Journey Pro, which. Mind you, when we were seeing it before COVID happened, they were doing this place. It was an entertainment venue. Basically, it was a giant bar with like a massive, like you know, like uh, dance area that's converted over to be a wrestling arena. So, in essence, it was bar wrestling. So, we always felt that he was much better suited for bigger stages than our mm-hmm. humble little local. Uh, indie attraction, but he's getting a shot, so that'd be cool. So they're gonna face off against FTR, and then you have a eight man tag page with uh, Big Money Matt Hardy and Private Party. It'd be interesting to see because this Saturday is the Impact pay per view where Private Party is in a now a three way for the Impact titles. So we'll see what happens with that. Those four facing off against the Hybrid Two and Chaos Project. Sting is going to call out Team Taz. We're just going to keep dragging this horse through the mud. Uh, then you got uh, the next um, next U.S. Uh, r- next match in the U.S. side of the Women's Eliminator Tag Team Cup. Number one contender for Women's Title Championship Tournament. Serena Deeb versus Riho. And then main event, which was uh, announced earlier on in the night uh, during the promo the Young Bucks had, where they said, screw Wayne to defend these titles. We want to defend them against the Santana Ortiz. And we're going to do it next week. So that is your main event for next week. That's going to be a showstopper for sure. Mm-hmm. And our showstopper to end the show, quite literally, see what I did there, is Kenny Omega, Kenta versus Moxley, Lance Archer. Falls count anywhere, no disqualification match. Holy shit, This is, was this good. So Five star. Definite five star. The one with the one caveat. I'll oh. put it four and three. I'll put it four and three quarters because it they had a very obvious cut in it. So they in the middle of the match they went and did a recap and not a we're going to show you on the little picture on the screen what what what's what's going on with the recap in the other picture, mm-hmm. a complete recap. And when they came back, here's Kenta with his entire arm wrapped up and it wasn't before. So there was it was blatantly obvious that it was pre recorded. 
you know, mm-hmm. and and there was a time jump of sorts. So that's the only reason I docked it a little bit was the production lack there. There was some botch that happened, uh, but we don't want to know. The batch itself that we saw was fantastic. Of course, mm-hmm. we got the return of the individual announcements, so I got my North Carolina tip during Kenny Omega's wonderful ring announcement. <laughs> I, I love that. I didn't understand what the hell it was until I had to Google it and looked it up, but I love it now. I can't live without it to do the North Carolina thing. Um, start off with a bang right away. So bell rings and immediately Kenta just, just beats the shit out of uh, Archer with a briefcase. He's got a briefcase, for those of you who are not familiar. It's basically like a Money in the Bank-style briefcase, you know, for the IWGP US title. Back and forth, back and forth, big spots, take it out of the ring. It, it, it was funny because at one point, and the whole time, remember, Don Callis is on the mic, just so you're aware. And and they're talking as they're kind of doing the initial sort of back and forth, back and forth, you know, beating each other up a little bit before they go to the backstage area, which is where things took a drastic turn to the awesome. Uh, they were talking about, Don Callis was, about why Jake the Snake Roberts was down there. What the hell that was. He's going to get involved in the match. And... Tony Schiavone goes, well, we just we, we just can't put Jake on a live mic. And that just that got in my craw. I love that. Uh, <laughs> spots, back and forth. There's a trash can spots. There were ladder spots. Uh, you know, all this different thing is going on. Uh, there's a go to sleep. They ventured over to the heel side of the, the around the ring. Uh, Kids end up doing a go to sleep on Peter Avalon, who was on his heart-shaped bed there. He just picks him up and does a go to sleep to him. Which is great. Uh, and then, uh, who was it? Archer's choke slams Kenta through Peter Avalon's heart shaped bed. And they go back into the back and they end up in the kitchen. And there was a box of potatoes that got brought into yeah. play. The <laughs> potatoes were the star of the show. I don't know how that's even possible. It sure as shit was. Come back out after this whole, like I said, time jump cutscene happened. Uh, and then. Kenny Omega's positioning uh, Moxley on the, the announcer's table and it somehow gets distracted, gets pulled away, whatever it is. And up above, Archer's looking to like powerbomb Kenta into the, uh, uh, the, ac- the, the actual announcer's table, not just the ringside table, or the timekeeper's table, I meant to say, down below. And Kenta gets away from that, gets away, and then jumps off the top of the, top of the stage onto the onto the timekeeper's table, does a double foot stomp on Moxley. There's a video that Austin Gunn, Billy Gunn's kid, because he shoots video during the entire show on his iPhone, and he put a video up of the first... I've seen that like from three feet away. Go look that up on YouTube. It's it's unbelievable. Eventually, gets it back in the ring. Here come the Good Brothers. They interfere. Ends up uh, with a one-winged angel on Lance Archer. There's your win. So the ending was kind of abrupt. Didn't involve Moxley at all. He was basically out of it after he got foot stomped over there, and that was it. So it was, it was a good, it was a good way. It was a great match. It was a good introduction for Kenta to AEW fans. And overall, the show, like I said, was really good. There was a lot that happened in the two hours. They did a lot of segments. Maybe a bit too much, if I'm being honest. Maybe they overcorrected from their never having a promo ways. But overall, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think the the last match, Kenta doing the the coup de gras like double foot stomp and the and the table not breaking, I thought that was great. And his knee just went straight into Moxley's face from it was great. Um, but for me personally, the highlight of the night had to be Sammy Guevara um, 
saying he quit. And then I forgot to mention this, and Megan would kill me if I if I forgot to mention this. <laughs> Walk through the face tunnel. He walked through the face. That's tunnel. right. That's right. I didn't pick up you on watch, that. It's a good point. I, I didn't. I didn't either till just now. Wow. Because being the elite is always talking. Like if you watch it, like you know, the heels come out from the left side, well, and left, and the face come out on the, the right. right. Sure. Yeah. So he straight walked out. Like he stopped. Like he's gonna go towards the left, and then hooked and went right towards the right. And then if you look on online and Twitter, and and she's on effing TikTok, but you know they're talking about like he like they don't care about what happened other than he went down the fucking face tunnel <laughs> and it's just like that was a huge moment but it's that- the long tease sammy Guevara face turn yes. good job megan good job good eye megan gets the extra points this week like i said her marked him knows no bounds yeah, so, I uh, I didn't I didn't care for this match much at all, fellas. I'm gonna ruin it for you. Actually, I won't ruin it for you. You'll just think I'm stupid. But uh, we already do. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna add to that. Um, Kenny Omega is the best. There's there's a few guys that I think uh, uh, deserve to be in the ring with him, but he is head and shoulders above everybody in my personal opinion. Across even the John board. Cena, yes, even John Cena and Roman Reigns, easily. Um, Those are Nick's two favorite wrestlers. That's why I'm here's that here's here, we, we did put our pictures up on, on Twitter. <laughs> did you really? That's fantastic. No, we need to. We're oh, going no. to now. It's you have going to. to. You have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you guys are gonna hate me for this. I'm out on. Yeah. I'm out on Kenta already. Out. All he you've seen one match of that's him. all I, you, that's all I needed. He's too, did you ever see him in New Japan? Did you don't, you don't watch New Japan at all? Do no, you? Huh? this is this was so you've seen one match of his and you're done. Okay, yes, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. I'm going to tell you why. Please, please watch because I'm a dick. Dick <laughs> <laughs> the dick rears his ugly head again, and because he did nothing, all he did was jump into people or jump onto people. And he's too small to hit what his finisher where he does the the go to uh, sleep go to sleep yeah does not work with Moxley he's tried it twice they completely botched it the first time and the second time it just looks dumb because Moxley has to bend over in order to even try to sell it it looks dumb he he looks out of place and he comes out there with his. Laura Dern, Last Jedi hair. I just, I can't do it. I'm out on him. I'm out on him. Was not impressed. Happy, Bert, happy, happy Bert Blade birthday to Laura Dern. It was her birthday earlier this week, so. I am actually a fan of hers. We're, th- we're, we're getting pop culture references left and right. Okay, yeah. interesting. Interestingly enough. Uh, yeah. I, I politely disagree with you, no, but that's, that's okay. Cool. I, I expected you would. I think Kenta is a great worker. Um... I appreciate your Vince McMahon in the box <laughs> view of him, uh, hence why he's not Ooh. WWE anymore. <laughs> um, but um, I think once you get to see him in a singles match, I think that's where he really shines. Um, he's not like Tamatanga and uh, Tangaleoa. Uh, um, you know, those two work incredibly well together as a tag team. He's more of an individual guy. He's small. Yes, but he's quick as a hiccup. And yeah, the United States is the land of giants, man. Like 
Like Moxley is not a small guy. No, I mean he um, is, his his now, his go to sleep on on Avalon was stellar. I will say it this because beautiful. I want to kind of I want to kind of refine what I said about his size because some of the best wrestlers are smaller in stature. Um, so I don't want to pick on him for that. I just think that his size doesn't help him in the ring with guys like Moxley. That's all. With that, the top guys, that's what you're trying yeah. to say. Yeah, it's it's a fair assessment. But he's a top guy in Japan, and if you watch Japan wrestling, like, whew, you got to do yourself a favor, watch like three of his New Japan matches, and if you have the same opinion, then go fuck yourself. But you know, <laughs> if you don't, which you shouldn't, you know, just just let us know. Report on it next 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 Wednesday. Well, I don't think he. I don't think we've seen the last of Kenta. I think, you know, he's at least going to be around until the 26th, you know, that whole thing happens. But I think it's very likely we might see him, spread, you know, periodically after that. So well, we're probably going to see him again. So, I, I so. you know, I, I can appreciate your opinion. I had my you hopes know, up. I had my hopes up. I saw the Bullet Club T and I'm like, oh, snap. And then and I was like, nah, dude, you can't just run and throw your body into people and impress me. Come on. Right. Well, that was AW. Um, so uh, we, we got lots more to talk about. Um, we're actually going to talk uh, for just a little bit. Jamie's going to lead us through. We're going to do a real quick kind of heads up and, you know, invest, investigative style deep dive. No, not that, not, not, not that deep. We're, 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 we're going to talk about the tournament just in a little bit, real quick fashion, a couple minutes here. Jamie, why don't you go ahead and get us started on that? Yeah, so as we all know, they officially announced the brackets for the Women's World Championship Eliminator Tournament. Crushed it. There you go. Um, <laughs> so, as I said before, you know, we, we know all the American side. We know all of them, you know, um, but we don't know the, the Japanese side. And we're going to spend a little time talking about that. But before we do... Let's just just do a quick brief rundown of the American side so everybody knows who's facing who. And then we are going to talk about the Japanese wrestlers uh, just because you probably have no clue who the hell they are um, just as much as we did. We did a little bit of research on them and found out a lot of interesting things. So, um, so let's start with the American side. We already know about the first match. That was Layla Hirsch and Thunder Rosa with Thunder Rosa winning. Um, then Serena Deeb and Riho are going to be going at it. Uh, this Wednesday. So, and those, if, if Serena deep or Riho wins, they'll face Thunder Rosa. Um, that's going to be very intriguing. And we, we need to break that one down. Um, either way, it'd be nice. I would love to see Riho there just to be personally honest. Cause we've already seen Serena deep. Cause I really want to see Riho and Thunder Rosa go at it. Cause Riho might be 96 pounds soaking wet. Homegirl can go. You know, and she's just impressive as hell for a small. They, they fought together. They they fought each other in Japan. Thunder Rosa and Riho. I, I know, I know, but I want to see. Okay, America all right. Well. You want to see? You know what I love about yeah. Riho is when Jamie <laughs> says Riho because all I hear is a boom, boom, boom. Let me hear you say Riho, Riho, Riho. I love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. So on the bottom half of the the American bracket, we have Tay Conti versus the native beast Nyla Rose, who is pitching right now in order to uh, to take over Gina Carano in Star Wars. Um, as as the the, the I'm sorry, Nyla, you, 
Nyla, you're no Lucy Lawless. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so, um, again, you know, for all of you who don't know who, who Nyla Rose is, she is the uh, only transgender um, wrestler in a, a, a larger promotion um, in, in, on the United States soil. I'm going to say that. Um, then in the last one, we have Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus... Of course, our fa- one of our favorites, number 99 herself, Anna J. Love Anna so, J. So, let's, before we get into the, the Japanese wrestlers, who do you think is coming out of the women's side? On, on, the, Amer- on the American side. Sorry. On, on, the, on the U.S. side, my picks are, we're going March Madness bracket style. I got, in the finals of the American side, I have Thunder Rosa. I think she's going to get by whoever she faces next week uh, or two, two weeks, whenever, or whenever the hell it is. Uh, they're not being totally clear about when these matches are happening. I just want to be completely honest and, and upfront about that. We know about one happening each week, and we've been told about the first round of the Japanese side. But we don't know when all these other matches are happening. Is it going to be drawn over the next three months? Is it going to happen on dark? Who knows? But I think Thunder Rosa on the top. And then I actually pick it. It's, it's a little bit of an upsetty thing, but I'm going with Tay Conti. She's gotten a, she's been getting a great push lately. She had that match against Serena Deeb for the title on Dynamite. She's been having a real strong run on, uh, on Dark. Uh, AW has been hyping her up, been hyping her up a lot on social media. I think. My opinion, I think Tay Conti is going to get a push through. I'm picking Tay Conti to come out of the American side. Mm. A little bit of an upset, I know, but I just got I just got a feeling like she's the winner. She's going up against the Japanese. Winner. She's going up against the Japanese side. I think it's going to come oh, down. Tay Conti. Shit, I that's a great ta- take. Tay Conti and Thunder Rosa, and I think that, and I and I and I have ideas how that will happen, but that's I, w- I don't want to speculate. I think Britt Baker is going to cause Thunder Rosa to lose against Conti, but I think that eventually that's just my pick i'm just picking tay conti is who i'm going with okay nick uh tay conti and thunder rosa are my two personal favorites i've got nyla rose winning the whole thing that's oh. a strong that's, that, that's never a bad pick let's be honest yeah i like i agree and i i agree that's a solid pick i just don't want to agree you know what i mean i do know what you mean because it makes too much damn sense. But if there's one thing that that AEW has proven time and time again, don't ever expect you know who's going to win. Yeah. it's one of the what's we one all of their best features. We like when they first started that that tag team tournament for the tag team. Yeah, titles, private party beating the Young Bucks out of nowhere. First match. No one expected that. Yeah, like holy shit! Like that was it. So, um, for me, um. Storytelling wise, it would make sense to have Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa in, in, at the end, but I think that's not the place for it. So I'm kind of with you, JJ. I think it's actually going to end up being Anna J and Tay Conti facing off against each other in the quarters, and okay. and I see Anna J taking on Thunder Rosa. I think that's what's going to happen there. I can see that. Yep. And then Thunder Rosa will will lose. And Anna J will be going for it. Oh, so you're going Anna J now? I'm. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm changing. I'm going Anna J. You sw- yeah, because you were all in on Thunder Rosa. 
it just makes too much sense for her not to because the storytelling between her and Britt Baker, like if if I, I really think if it's if one of them can't have it, the other one can't. You know what I mean? That's why I hinted that I think that I think in, in that semifinal round, I think Britt Baker, whether it's Aj, Ty Conti, Nala Rose, whatever, I don't care who it is, I think she's going to get involved. Is my way too early guess. So. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, that's that's U.S. side. All right, so the Japanese side, we have, and I'm going to butcher these names, so I apologize in advance. Uh, Yuka Sakazaki against Mei Saruga, and then we have Veni versus Emi Sakura, and then Maki Ito versus Ryo Mizunami, Asia Kong versus Rin. Katakura. I think Clap, I did. Round of applause. Well done, I think you did wonderful. Well done. I think I did okay yeah. there. So you actually looked up how to pronounce them. I'm going to butcher the crap out of them. Yeah. So the first, the first two are Yuka Sakazaki versus Mei Sagura. Now, JJ, you did some investigation. Yeah. On so Yuka. Yuka Sakazaki, we already, you already know if you watch AEW. So she has been here before. She was actually, I don't want to say a mainstay, but she was on the roster like actively and you know she got several matches in uh she looked like she's the one that wearing like parachute pants and kind of like you know the the modern day kind of you know uh gypsy looking uh, uh garb on her so she is uh wrestled in several promotions in japan uh most most recently before coming over to AEW was in uh, Tokyo Yoshi. Uh, she actually had a good feud set up with Maki Ito. So the two of them have history. Now, the only time that they'll meet is going to be in the finals. But uh, Yuka Sakazaki uh, also has the claim to fame of having her face caved in basically by Britt Baker. <laughs> if you remember that match where Britt Baker was when she was like super heel, I think it was like right before the pandemic happened and everything, or maybe it was like right after it. I don't remember, but uh, it was right around that time with getting close to that. Um, and she had put her mouth on the bottom rope and then came around and kicked her and got botched somehow and broke like six of her teeth or something stupid like that. She was just gushing blood from the mouth. That was Yuka Sakazaki. So she's familiar to us in AEW. It's good to see her again though. She's got a very good, she's got a very good uh, mixed between high flyer and ground game, you know, very good technical set. Yeah. Um, so I, I looked up May Saruga. May Saruga is only 21 years old. She is really young in her career. She's only been doing this for two and a half years. So, um, right now, she's with Gato Move Pro Wrestling. And just do yourself a favor. Look up one of her matches on YouTube because their little intro song is like, this is going to sound so terrible, but the most Japanese sounding thing like ever, like super popular, like J-pop. It sounds so J-pop. Um, it's it's great. Um She's not been doing this very long, but man, she had some matches. Um, she has faced Jazz, the Jazz, the legend wow. herself, and she, within her first six months of being a professional wrestler, faced none other than Hikaru Shida. Oh, there you go. Um, but my favorite fun fact about her, her trainer is Emi Sakura. Who is also in the tournament. 
So that gets us right to the next one, and I actually happen to have both of these folks, uh, Venny and Emmy Sakura. So I'm going to talk about Emmy Sakura before I talk about Venny. Emmy Sakura... Mm-hmm. It- you better not waste that segue, goddammit. Emmy <laughs> yeah. um, Sakura is... She's she's OG. She she's got tons of championships and tons of all this amazing things, but above all, she is an amazing trainer cuz a lot of the top dogs out of Japan, Japanese wrestling have been trained by her. Hikaru Shida has been trained by her. Um, you know, Mei Sagura has been tra- uh, trained by her. Um, she's got quite a few uh Dorami Nagano, I don't know if you guys know who that is. Like she has got so many big names uh, attached with her. Uh, are they even a uh, Riho, Riho, the Riho. <laughs> so she is a, a next level trainer. Like everybody goes to see her. She is probably more in the twilight of her career. Uh, she, she was been in AEW. She came out, did the whole Freddie Mercury uh, bit, you know, thing where she had the the mustache and whatnot. Um, it's a little weird, but you know what? She's a good wrestler. Um, so that is Emmy Sakura for all you guys. So Venny, Venny was a difficult one to find anything on. It took me a minute, but I found uh, Venny. Uh, Venny also goes by Asuka, which is I thought was kind of interesting um, and not necessarily affiliated with any major out- outfit out there, you know, uh, wrestling uh, organization. Um, she does a lot of the independent scene but here's the big the big fun fact about her uh she is the first and from what i understand the only transgender japanese wrestler that we know of so again AEW bringing it home we have two transgender women in this tournament and i i applaud them for that i think that is a great thing that you know they, it's almost an unbelievable statement. I think it's fantastic too. Yeah, it's like I don't think WWE would ever do that. I mean, they might nowadays. I mean, well, when Vince uh, dies, maybe they might have a token, which is almost more just disrespectful to them. Yeah, and and th- that's the great thing. Like they don't care. Like AEW, if you could wrestle, they don't care. They they just like be you, be whatever, and it's great. So that is the top half of that bracket. Now we got the bottom half of Maki Ito and Ryu Mizunami. Um, and JJ, you had our favorite. <laughs> I'm just going to call it that now in Maki Ito. Oh yeah. Well, I jumped on this from the, I got, I got ahead of time here because when they first made the announcement, all the people, I was like, I was like, let me look up some of these women and see if I, rec- I recognize a couple of them. They went through real fast. So I just started Googling the different names of the different women. And then uh, Maki Ito, because uh, I was kind of like half watching it when they first announced it at the side of my eye. And I thought for a second it was Kyrie Sane. So that's why I was like, who's that last one they announced? Maki Ito. Is that Kyrie Sane? Let me look up my. And I looked it up and I'm like, Maki Ito. Okay, no. So I started investigating her and oh my God, I found my spirit animal. So Maki Ito has not been doing this a a very long time. I would say, like, uh, if I remember right, it's about five, six years, give or take, that she's been mm-hmm. doing it. Uh, she actually came up through, after high school and all that stuff, she got into the idols uh, scene. Now, it's a very Japanese cultural thing. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with a lot of Japanese wrestling, um, and maybe don't know why we focus a lot on different things, is that in Japan, 
it, r- professional wrestling is not necessarily like it is here in America. It's not just a shtick that some people are into, a uh, thing. It is very much a larger cultural like segment of Japanese entertainment. So it penetrates deep into a lot of different things. This whole idol thing is basically young girls that want to be pop stars. So it's like a mixture of pop wrestling interpromotional thing. TV shows, they're on game shows and appearances and all this stuff. A lot of stuff I couldn't follow, I'm not going to lie. I don't speak Japanese, so they're going through some of these things that I was doing to look up on about her, and I didn't understand anything going on. But I'm familiar with what it is. So she didn't do well as an idol. She failed, basically, as an idol. In that failure, though, she more or less stumbled into being an in-ring performer, which turned into her becoming kind of the petulant punk that she has become. Now, not punk like Ruby Riot, hey Ruby, uh, is very much a kind of a petulant child sort of thing. So she's... uh, She's she started she had this feud going on with a few others. Yuko Sakazaki was part of that, and it's where she wants she still thinks in her head. This is the, the character. She still thinks in her head that she's an idol and wants everybody to like her and support her and vote for her, even though she's not. And she's she wants friends, but she doesn't want to be friends with everybody. So she flips everybody off. She's very it, it, she's a very intriguing wrestler. She's not the smallest, but she's smaller in stature. She has a uh, a very unique wrestling style. Uh, she kind of goes off this uh, shtick of like the old, uh, I can't think of a better name, but the Chris Benoit uh, Ironhead version. She does like different variations of headbutts. So she's very much a wild card. Her social media is fantastic. We've already talked about it. Please follow her on Twitter. It's, it's great. So. That's one half of this bottom match. She's going up against a more seasoned competitor, uh, Ryu, 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 damn it, Ryu Mizunami. All right, crushed it. So Ryu Mizunami's been doing this quite a bit, quite a bit longer. She's she's been in the game for. 13, 14 years. She's uh, in her 30s, you know, low 30s. Uh, she's a little bit of a bigger uh, wrestler as it turns to Japanese women. Most Japanese female wrestlers are usually around five foot, okay, which we in America consider to be short. You think of Alexa Bliss, Riho, you know, Kitty Canzano, Kaden Carter, you know, those are the, oh, they're, they're, t- they're, they're small wrestlers. That's about average over in Japan. Uh, Rio is about 5'4", so she's a little bit of a bigger, she's not like a super heavyweight as far as rest- women go, but she's a little bit of a bigger wrestler. She's got a little bit of a harder style, too. So she has a uh, real hard lariat, um, good brain busters, uh, leg drops, you know, things of that nature. So it's more of a uh, striking mentality rather than a more technical or aerial aspect. Not a lot of aerial in her game. So she's been, she's been around the while. F- she's been in, the, in uh, so she's been in several promotions in Japan. So she was part of uh, uh, a few different promotions. Most recent promotion that I could find was Pro Wrestling Wave W A V E, and I'm not familiar with that promotion. I didn't. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I was Googling so much stuff, I didn't bother looking into it itself. In part because her last match that I could find was the third quarter of 2019. So 
I don't know if because of COVID and everything else, she hasn't wrestled for over a year or whatever, but it doesn't seem like she's really documented-wise that I could find she's been out there. But she's a very good, hard-hitting wrestler. She's got uh, good mat skills from what I've seen her matches. Uh, she will be somewhat familiar if you've seen every single AEW match. At the first Double or Nothing, there was a six-woman uh Six-woman tag match with all Japanese stars. She was one of the people in that match. So, it should be an interesting match. It's definitely a clash of styles between uh, Maki and uh, Ryo. But uh, that's a little bit about both of them. Cool. So, then that will take us to the final one of Asia Kong and Rin Katakura. And, Nick, you looked up Asia Kong, right? What'd you find out? So Asia Kong has a career spanning four decades. So she's checking in age 50, age 50 with a professional record of 73 and 35. And for those of you unfamiliar with Ms. Kong, you may know her from her roles in movies such as Borat, where she plays a hitchhiking prostitute and taken (laughs) Two, where she teaches Liam Neeson's daughter how to drive. She also has a prolific career in stand-up comedy under the stage name Linnell. Now, Rin Katakura's record is smaller in stature, as is she. I've only seen uh, one of her matches, and she got kicked in the face right before being thrown across the ring by her hair. So, science says she's going to lose, but the word backstage is that Asia Kong is taking a dive. So my money is on Rin Katakura winning by pinfall, making for a second round squash match against Maki Ito. Ooh, okay. I like that. So, all right. So now we we got the field on the Japanese side, which Monday at six on AEW's YouTube, they are going to have all the first round matches. And I am jazz. There's actually going to be some good wrestling on Monday night. Haven't been, hasn't been that in like 20 years. Um, <laughs> I haven't that long, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so, all right. So, you think Maki Ito is going to make the finals on the Japanese side? Who do you think is going to be on the top side there, Nick? Going oh, against her? Nyla Rose. No, no, no. On the top side of no, the Japanese. No, on the top side oh, of the on Japanese, the Japanese side. Uh, I don't know. Pick somebody for me. <laughs> okay, so so he's going all in on, on Maki. I, I am. I'm actually. going to. I'm going the same way. I'm going Maki. And I'm going to go with Yuki Sakazaki. Uh, she's got a familiar face to AEW fans. I think that'll help uh, with eyeballs. Also, for those who are in the know, like I made mention, she does have a history with Maki Ito. So that'd be a good story to tell for those that are trying to lure over from, Japanese, from Japan. Um, anyway, that's my, my guess. I'm big on Maki. I think it's because I want her to win because I love her persona so much. I have nothing else to base this on, to be honest with you. I haven't. I've seen some matches of all these women, but not a ton. Other than Asia, I've seen a good amount of Asia Kong wrestle. Yeah, everybody so, has. So I think the the yeah, I think the best story, the best story, would be having Yuka Sakazaki and Maki Ito going for it. But there's something about having Venny the transgender wrestler making the finals against Maki Ito. I think that has... Yeah? I like that story, and that's what I'm going to ride. I'm going to ride Vinny versus Maki Ito with Maki Ito getting the win. So the final for me is going to be Anna Jay and Maki Ito. can see that. Okay, and I'm going Tay Conti, Maki Ito. 
And then you're going Nyla Rose versus Maki Ito and Nyla Rose. No, I've, cha- I've changed my vote. I'm going Nyla Rose and Venny. Huh? Oh, all transgender. That would be that, groundbreaking right there. That'd be. That's exactly that'd, that'd why it's going to awesome. happen. That's exactly why it's going to happen. I could very. I hate. That's very woke of you Eight, and them. No, it's not woke of me. It's just perception. <laughs> I, I know that. I know that AEW will be. The, I can see him do. AEW that. will want to be the first one to ring that bell, and they are going to ring it. Okay. That's I mean, my, they've already had a transgender prediction. champion. So. That's my prediction. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's a that's a hell of an that's a hell of an idea, Nick. Yeah. I mean, well, I I'm more interested to see like who actually from the Japanese side stays, whoever, because they're all currently in Japan wrestling, oh, right? Physically, mm-hmm. so they're gonna have to come over for the the finals. I'm I'm interested to see who stays. Like, is Yuga Sakazaki gonna come back? Is Maki Ito now? Maki, it feels like Maki Ito's transitioning to be an American star. That's what I'm interested really to see. I think that. Any one of them, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a great tournament all around. I mm-hmm. just want to see what the long term ramifications are going to be of that. So again, um, when this is happening Monday, uh, we'll be live tweeting as, as it goes on. Follow us at uh, Total Spot Fest on Twitter and and give us your thoughts. Um, I'd really like to hear if, what you, who you think is going to win this tournament. Um, you know, we we would love to hear your input. I know me personally would love that. Nick, even I mean, even when he gives a shit, he'll he'll give shit about that. Uh, and then of course JJ. Um, let's 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 hear what you guys think. And if you have a great point, I I mean, we would love to use it as a discussion topic. You know, because after Monday, I mean, a lot of shit's gonna be a lot, a lot of things are gonna be happening after Monday. Are we even gonna be right? Is is Yuka Sakazaki, Veni, Maki Ito, and and uh, Rin Katakura gonna be the the winners of the first round? We don't know. So you know, it's a we lot could, that we, we be, need to talk we could about. We be hundred percent wrong. We don't know. Yeah, this is great. This is a great time to be a wrestling fan with this. So please hit us up and we'll, uh, let us know what you think. So once again, that's at. Total Spot Fest on Twitter, and we're, we'll, we'll we'll announce we'll have some stuff coming too. We're we're gonna get a YouTube channel out there as well, where you guys can start you know leave some comments and participate back to us. Uh, right now, we got just the Twitter out there. So at Total Spot Fest, that's how you get a hold of us. All right, folks. Well, I think uh, I think we've talked enough for you all. Um, thank you again for spending the time with us, uh, going through AEW, NXT, uh, and, and the women's tournament. Um, Nick, do you have any any last uh, thoughts or? Just love everybody. Love everybody. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Looking forward to uh, Sunday. JJ, you better have you better have good snacks. That's all. Oh, dude, make me trust me. It's already cold. happening. Don't even worry. All right, well, it's then, gonna then be I'm, a, then I'm... it's gonna be a full spread. Oh, there's a spread, and my 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 disposition has changed. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to second that. Thank you guys for joining us. Those who 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 give us the time, we do appreciate it. Please give us a shout, as I said. Uh, and uh, yeah, we love you guys. See you next time. Yep. And I and you know what? What I said last time. If you're not down with TSL, I got two words for you. Lion Tamer. <laughs> I think that's actually one word. Space, lion, space, tamer. All right, see you guys. (laughs) See you guys.